What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 148, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and on today's episode, we're talking about Xbox selling the ABK Cloud streaming rights to Ubisoft. We have the Gamescom opening night live recap. We have IGN Phil Spencer interview and a new product from Xbox and so much more. Before we get into that, I got to introduce my co-host every week, Jampack Sam. How you doing, buddy? What's up? I'm doing very well. Very excited to be here. We've got a ton of news to dig into. Gamescom has been busy, man. Uh, it's been fun keeping up with the news, though. Very fun week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot more uh, headlines have come out for, of this than than I thought. We'll get into the opening night live stuff, but I was like, oh, it's going to be a slow week, and it has been anything but a slow week, let me tell you. Yeah, it's been pretty wild. I'm excited to, to break it down. Yeah, well, before we get into that, remember, everyone, if you're listening to this, we're an Xbox podcast. We are live every Thursday right here at youtube.com slash save the game media, 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't catch us live, we post every Friday on your favorite audio platform of choice or over there. Make sure to drop us that five star review like so many of you have done this week. I think we need like a few more, maybe less than five to break a hundred total across Apple and Spotify. You're really hitting those Spotify reviews. Really appreciate us getting us up those charts so if you want to interact with us more please come join the discord and if you want to support us further get early access to all save the game media content head over to patreon.com slash save the game media choose the tier that's right for you like our current patreon supporters so thank you to bucky blue fabulous brianna brianna's mom brianna's brother brianna's wife nikolai at night cypher primus brendan myers marcus o'neill lillian mimi J, the snack network david hotright dave harp the xbox expansion pass and alpaca tom we appreciate each and every one of you thank you for your support and i gotta say i was mentioning those reviews but if you're listening to this you have mere days on monday august 28th i will be picking the winner for our starfield premium digital deluxe edition giveaway so if you haven't entered you have mere hours left in in the time to get that in so tweet at me at save game media show me that you rated us and you'll be automatically entered uh if you want another chance subscribe to the channel right here on youtube all right but sam we gotta get going we have a jam-packed episode Ah, Uh, so let's jump right into what have we been playing this week yeah so for me it has been a very busy week i'm going on vacation next week still doing the show but uh am going on vacation so i've been catching up on like actual work real job and also getting ahead of like the content stuff so putting out a couple of videos and getting them in the hopper um so i've been working on a lot of that but i did my weeklies for halo infinite checked out marvel snap which is out now on pc been playing some of that dabbling a bit before the show if you love card games and you haven't played Mm -hmm. marvel snap you need to play marvel snap really fun game kind of feels like slay the spire i mean they're all you know they all are all pretty much the same game but it's got cool uh superhero elements in there so those are the two games that i have been playing I played Marvel Snap when it came to phones for a bit. I fell off of it after a while. It was it was one of those things like they released so much content. I was like, I cannot keep up with this. Like the decks are changing every time I log in. So yeah. I know they released that uh, Steam client. Does it? I assume it's basically the same thing, just put on on a bigger screen. Yeah, it's pretty well laid out. The only thing that I'm semi frustrated with is that it doesn't have an unlocked frame rate for the client itself. So like, <laughs> I'm locked at sixty frames per second. Not that I care. But it's just irritating whenever I see the little 60 from Steam up in the top right. And I'm like, I know I've got a a good PC, Uh, but um, it's been fun. But the other thing that I've been doing with a ton of my time commuting and things like that 
have been reading Press Reset by Jason Schreier. Okay. Um, and of course, Jason Schreier, you know, some people love him, some people hate him. No matter how you cut it, dude's an influential gaming journalist. And so mm-hmm. uh, I've read his other book. Uh, I've got it sitting over here, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. That's what it is. Um, and so I picked up Press Reset from the library, and it's got so many good stories about the tumultuous development of, like, the Bioshock franchise. And, you know, how some studios have fallen apart and where people go, how a lot of people are leaning towards indie development after they might get a little bit disheartened by layoffs on big teams, like we saw this week with BioWare, you know, like these are the Mm -hmm. stories we see. So as somebody who loves the gaming industry and loves how the games are made beyond just the games, I've really enjoyed Press Reset. So if anybody out there is looking for a uh, new read to wrap up the summer, highly recommend it. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you said, controversial figure among many in the the community, but he is a very good writer. I will give him that. And he knows his stuff in the video game uh, world. Like if you get a, I feel like he always is the journalist that breaks those big, big news pieces. Other people are like, oh yeah, we got some leaks or, or some general like smaller things, but he's always on the, on the midnight oil, just finding crazy stories. So that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're uh, taking some time and enjoying it before the crazy amount of games comes our way. Ooh, they are on the way. But what have you been digging into this week? I've seen you playing a lot of stuff through the week. Yeah, yeah. So I am on the final dungeon of Trails in the Sky second chapter. I made it a goal to have that game beat before Sea of Stars comes out next week. So uh, I was really close. I laid out my timeline. I was like, I think I can get it done Sunday. And then I was playing today. I was like, I'm on the final dungeon right now. So this game will be definitely done like tomorrow uh, sunday by the latest i don't know I'm, I'm pretty busy tomorrow on this weekend but the other game i do want to talk about is the texas chainsaw massacre that i have put quite a few hours into since it came out last friday uh i did get a code provided by evolve pr and gun interactive so thank you for providing that review code i streamed it a little bit on sunday had a lot of fun with that it is a mixed bag for me i think the game is an ton of fun with friends if you can group up in a party and actually communicate the game is a blast uh mainly i prefer playing as the family which are the killers uh up compared to the victims i think the victims still suffer the same shortcomings as many games in this genre and i said this in my in my review if you haven't checked that out go check out the full review now it's on audio and our youtube channel but you often feel like you don't know where to go or you're just kind of at a disadvantage especially if the killers find you and you're like oh i can't get away there are some things that you can do like increase your stats if you play enough and get some skill points to like oh i can increase my speed and run away or stealth is really important for for victims in this game so there are a few things to level the playing field but i just enjoy playing the killers so much more than the victims and like i said if you are playing in a group this game is an absolute blast it's hilarious so much fun but if you're playing by yourself i find this game to be an absolute slog it is not fun to play by yourself in my opinion like i do not enjoy it so really mixed bag i think it's i think it's better than friday the 13th i think they're going in the right direction and i would say that like give this game a year and it's going to be like a really good game because it has the makings of something really good they just did patches update it tweak it but good good first effort yeah, nice. I have not checked it out. I've watched a little bit of gameplay of it, but I'm trying to kind of like hold off. I just don't know when I'm going to get to it because of how much we have coming out. And mm-hmm. I saw somebody's screenshot of I don't know if it was PC Game Pass or the Xbox app, but I mean, it's just game after game after game. And whenever we get to it, even with Starfield coming out, 
once we go down the roster of like, okay, I played Starfield, Lies of P is probably next on the list for me as far as like Game Pass goes. I'm not going to get back to Texas Chainsaw until mm-hmm. maybe Halloween if I'm in the mood for it. So, yeah, it's Hall- good to hear that I could wait and be fine. Yeah, 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 no, you'll, you'll, I think if anything, waiting, you'll probably get a better experience. I know it's, it's very healthy. They have over a million players, I think, like a day after launch. So, like, Game Pass is doing its job, keeping the player base healthy. People seem to be enjoying it. Um, but I do think this game will need to, to live in the party. Like, let's get a group together and like have some fun, either custom matches or three people together, four people together, because it's any less than that. It's really not not the best because you'll you'll often get people are like don't know what they're doing and kind of ruin it for you like some of my first experiences as a victim were like my teammates just making so much noise and selling me out like why are you why are you doing this i'm right here too and now i'm getting killed because you're you don't know what you're doing so can be frustrating but I like it very don't regret playing it having an absolute blast and it's is the perfect time because they had this little period before all the big games come out yeah nice nice well i'm glad you're digging it yeah so a little short and sweet what you're playing section there because we got a ton of news to get into and i think the biggest story this week sam xbox has sold the activision blizzard king cloud streaming rights to ubisoft so i'm pulling this information from tom warren over at the verge we have the latest twist in the activision blizzard deal microsoft has submitted its restructured proposal to the cma and it's safe to say no one saw this coming microsoft is transferring the cloud gaming rights for current and new activision blizzard games to Ubisoft. This means that if Microsoft does close the acquisition, they will not be able to release Activision Blizzard King games exclusively on Xbox Cloud Gaming. Microsoft will not have exclusive control on the licensing terms of Activision Blizzard King games for streaming rival streaming services. Sorry, Instead, Ubisoft will control the streaming rights to Activision Blizzard King games outside of the EU. Ubisoft will also be adding these games to their service Ubisoft Plus, which is available on PC, Xbox, Amazon Luna and on PlayStation via Ubisoft Plus Classics. It is important to note that this only applies to the streaming portion of these games and the regular downloadable versions will still come to Game Pass. This information was confirmed by Phil Spencer in the IGN interview that we're going to discuss later. The CMA is now entering a new phase one into a new investigation, which could very well last into the October deadline. So Sam, how are we feeling? I don't think anybody expected to wake up to this news uh, a few days ago. No, that was, yeah, it was a crazy headline to read just because out of all of the partners, I mean, looking back on it, Ubisoft makes sense because they're big enough to have the infrastructure to handle that kind of deal, but they also aren't like Electronic Arts where you are baked into Game Pass Ultimate and you have a deeper relationship like that. So I think that ultimately it's a good out for Microsoft to get this thing pushed through to have that third party where they can say, Hey, we're tossing them the keys to the cloud streaming rights. CMA. Are you cool with that? And then they're probably going to be like, ah, sure. sounds great. Um, but I think I was joking about it on threads or Twitter or something, but, um, it's a one, it's another big mega corporation getting the rights to stream these games from the other big mega corporation. Like, it's not like you said, Hey, we're giving this to Boosteroid and they can figure it out. Like it's, it's another big megacorp. So mm-hmm. the CMA didn't really like change anything specifically, but Ubisoft is coming out in a big way here. And I mean, thinking about how their marketing team is handling and responding to this, you're looking at your Ubisoft plus promotional material. You're going to rip everything off of that thing, but you're going to put up like far cry. You're going to put up like maybe 
a Tom Clancy game, and then you're going to have Call of Duty games on Ubisoft mm-hmm. Plus as part of your marketing. That's huge. So, you know, kudos to them for, for locking that deal down. That's pretty big. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, confusion when this headline came out because a lot of people thought this meant that the Activision games weren't going to come natively to Xbox Game Pass. And like I, I, I was trying to I was on a few forums here being like, OK, guys, this is what the deal actually means. Like still day one Game Pass for native things. The weird part about this deal is that Ubisoft now will have to sell Xbox the right to stream their own games because they'll own Activision Blizzard, but they won't own those rights. So Xbox is going to be like, here's some money. Can we stream Call of Duty now on Game Pass? And Ubisoft could very well be like, give us more money. They could also go to other rival competitors. And I doubt this will happen because I assume Microsoft will divvy up the cash. But you very well could see a, a thing where PlayStation is giving us the the money. So we're going to let them stream this game on PS Plus and it's not going to be streamable on Game Pass. Like it opens up a whole new can of worms for players to to argue about this stuff for for sure, but it, it it's a very well could be a weird situation we find ourselves in where Xbox owns the company but can't stream the games on their service. Yeah. I mean, I think it also comes down to the fact that like you said Microsoft is going to be paying for these rights. And so Microsoft is selling these rights to Ubisoft. So money is going from Ubisoft to Xbox. And then Xbox is giving the money back to Ubisoft for the streaming rights. So it's like the money's kind of changing hands. It'll probably break even. To your point, there could be bigger offers. But Microsoft is playing on a totally different level than Sony is or PlayStation is. Like they are throwing around money that PlayStation can only dream of getting from Sony. So you're looking at a different kind. Of, it's just a different kind of situation where, yes, Microsoft is going to have to fork over more money. But somebody said that in the chat a minute ago. You threw it up on the screen. Lots of winners here where more people ultimately get more games. I know that I saw that Amazon Luna was never included in any deal mm-hmm. up until this point. So now, yes, you do have to go through Ubisoft Plus to make it happen. But Luna players can now play ABK games. That's a big win. Um even looking at the cloud gaming space, like I would say the top three real competitors right now, as it stands today, are GeForce Now, you've got PlayStation, you've got Xbox. Luna's a fourth leader there. Like I think Amazon being in that space is still big. So now everybody's going to have a deal. Everybody's going to be able to have access to these games and more people are going to play as long as everybody plays nice and throws their money where it needs to be thrown. Yeah, TJI in the chat says Ubisoft has no incentive to make the streaming rights exclusive. Xbox also likely baked into the deal that they'll always have access to the games. I don't know if they're allowed to bake in the last part. I assume that Ubisoft will like, I was just saying in a weird situation, it could happen, but I don't think it's going to. I assume Ubisoft and Xbox for this deal are going to play nice and it's probably a minimal licensing fee that xbox will have to pay to stream the games but ubisoft is coming out uh, ghostly march in the chat ubisoft is coming out very well in this deal because they're going to make a lot more money by licensing these games out to other services like i fully expect we'll see things on playstation plus on uh geforce now on all these other rival streaming services that probably wouldn't have been there before i know some i know xbox had been making some deals but this is very good for ubisoft who has been struggling financially um it's i i do want to just say like ubisoft plus i don't think is a particularly good deal it's like 19 dollars a month but 
that's why I'm saying if you're looking for these, maybe just wait to see where they license them to. You know, Game Pass, obviously. But if you don't have Xbox Game Pass, like look look elsewhere before you go over to Ubisoft Plus right away. Uh, it's 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 one of those things where uh, Ubisoft. I I'm not sure what the future for Ubisoft holds. Personally, we we know they've been canceling a lot of games. Now maybe they should go in on the streaming game. Is this uh is this a sign? I will say. Sam and I, I don't know if you agree with this. This completely takes Ubisoft off the board for any Activision or uh, any acquisition by Microsoft. They cannot yeah. buy Ubisoft. Yeah. Well, I think that I mean, looking at the past couple of years, Yves Gimmo and the and the family fought off this hostile acquisition by Vivendi. And I think that as a company, they're obviously no one ha- doesn't have a price. Ubisoft could be bought by Tencent or whatever if the money was there and the price was high enough. But I also think there is a culture of, of that they want to keep it to themselves. They want to be their own independent thing. And I think this strengthens that in a big way. And like you said, it provides multiple different forms of cash flow in. And for the concerns about Xbox streaming and things like that, I do think it's a case of that they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. Like Microsoft brought them this deal. They aren't going to burn that bridge with Phil on the eve of Microsoft really hitting that point where they are getting hit after hit after hit and becoming a dominant force in the gaming industry with ABK. Because I can't remember if the deal is for 10 or 15 years. I know it's a very long deal for this licensing agreement. Do you, do you know? Did you have something? Sorry, I was muted. Yes, yeah, sorry, I was just talking about uh, it's 15. Yeah, so like 15 years of a deal here. I know that they want to keep that going after the deal is up in 15 years. So making sure that agreement benefits Microsoft to the point that it's still legal and, and is cool with the CMA, I think is probably what they're going to be doing. But um, but yeah, they've got a lot of money to make here. So kudos to them. And I, I hope they stay independent. I think Ubisoft is about to have a mini version of what Xbox is about to have with the crew being really good. You've got um, X Defiant that's coming out that's a really good shooter. I hope that it takes off. Assassin's Creed has multiple years of really solid-looking games planned, uh, and they're getting back to the roots. Once Skull and Bones is out and dead, they're looking good after that. (laughs) Yeah, forget about Skull and Bones. That never happened. What game? I don't know what you're talking about. There's no closed beta this weekend. Um, But, like, yeah, once that's out, they they look really good. So I'm excited for it. They should just shadow drop Skull and Bones and then just no marketing, pretend like we don't what game on the storefront. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, I want to bring up this comment here from TJI who says the deal is garbage. The EU mandate ensured all Activision Blizzard games would be free for anyone who wants it. The CMA deal adds on extra two parties, Xbox, Ubisoft, who need to get paid. So, yeah. Like like I said in the the write up, so this deal where Ubisoft has the rights is everyone outside of the EU because they the way they've structured it is Microsoft will still fulfill its obligations to people like Boosteroid where they made those ten year commitments right, and we know the EU accepted the proposal that I believe the proposal said if I remember correctly that if you buy the game you get a license to stream it anywhere you want on any streaming platform so the EU is kind of making out a little better um than than what we have going on here is a little more complicated but at the end of the day this is what we got to do to get it through so I don't personally have a problem with it it's weird because Ubisoft we know has been looking to sell and we've heard rumblings of like oh Microsoft wants them that's off the table now in my opinion could PlayStation buy Ubisoft and then we have a whole different 
scenario where PlayStation controls the streaming rights <laughs> to, to Activision Blizzard games. Like that is a crazy world that we could live in. And I don't know if that'll happen. Maybe Tencent comes in and picks up Ubisoft because I, I think they're just on the board looking for that, that money. But also maybe they, like you said, have that giant revitalization uh of of their games so we'll see what happens they have any other closing comments on on this topic no i mean i think that my biggest reaction to the news too just to kind of close it out is that whenever i saw this we're talking about a small fraction of the gaming population and a way to play this is like talking about netflix and the streaming rights for stranger things but they're selling the cable rights to abc no one cares like we all watch it on netflix and so with xbox it is that we still have game pass we still have the ability to buy games and then that frac the the fractional group of the gaming audience is able to stream where they want and so it's cool that that's happening right now i think that the cloud gaming stuff will matter more in 5 10 15 years whenever infrastructure is better whenever more people are playing cloud gaming right now this is just a means to an end to get the deal done and it is what it is like we're talking about thousands of people not tens of thousands probably on any mm -hmm. regular given day it's just not as big as it might seem when you're reading the headlines yeah for sure cloud gaming is still very much in its infancy which i think speaks to the length that uh, microsoft is comfortable making these deals 10 15 years where they're like we don't see it progressing that much in that amount of time because the infrastructure just isn't quite there yet gamers haven't really bought into it so uh, i don't think it's going to blow up and that's going to be the main way everyone's playing games in in 10 years so i think it's good to have it for the on the board that long so we'll we'll see what happens but we got to talk about gamescom opening night live sam first of all did you watch the show i did yes i uh, i watched it after the fact so i was not live but i have watched it yes what is your overall impressions of opening night live uh, I think opening night live, I went in with no expectations, had the chat closed, didn't read any previews or anything. And I think that coming out of that, if I was giving it a rating, I would say like, for me, it was like an eight out of 10, had some cool looking games there. Nothing that was blowing my mind, but it was a deeper look, at least a slightly deeper look. And a lot of the games we have coming out, Phantom Liberty, that kind of thing that we saw a little bit more of a deeper look at. Um, but I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I thought that it was a good way to kick off Gamescom. Yeah, opening night live is always very hit or miss for me. I think this one was kind of on the the lower end where I watched it, and after fact, I went, "Well, uh, okay, that was yeah. uh, there was there was some stuff there that I, I liked seeing. Most of it was uh, kind of a, a lull for me, a little little dull. Um, I would like to see there be more big announcements, but Jeff did set the precedent where he was like, hey, it's just going to be updates. So anyone going and expecting that was kind of looking for too much, in my opinion. So it was fine. Didn't blow me away. But let's let's talk about uh, we'll do a recap and we don't have to talk about everything. I'll give the rundown and we can stop where we where we want to talk. So we opened it up with Starfield. We got a piano and then a, a performance and then a live action promo. And then I put an asshole rushes Jeff on stage before Todd Howard comes out to speak. I I just got to say and I tweeted this like security needs to tackle him i would have been completely okay with jeff throwing punches like i know he's being professional but this is this is happening way too much yeah and it's hard because there's no answer to the problem because it's not like if you give people the like frisk before they come into the arena or wherever these things are held it's not like you're going to be able to be like 
oh, you plan on running on the stage, you know, like you can't, it's just got to be maybe like a gated thing or something in front of the audience at this point, because now the precedent's been set. But yeah, super huge bummer. Jeff handled it really well. Mm -hmm. And I think the team had said they had prepared for something like this after what happened with the game awards. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But yeah, if you're out there and you're thinking, hey, I'm going to run on stage and grab the mic. Don't you know, like that's it's that easy. That's all we got to do. Yeah. So uh, Starfield, I, it didn't really do anything like the live action promo was cool, but I was like, this doesn't give us any more information about the game. <laughs> like I, yeah. I didn't learn anything. So, yeah, it was fine. Uh, Little Nightmares 3 got a world premiere trailer. It's not being made by the original developer. Supermassive Games is making it and it's now co-op. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, uh, I've never played Little Nightmares 1 or 2. I think they were given away. One of them was given away with Games with Gold. I think a couple of them have been on Game Pass somewhere along the way. But they're cool games, and clearly they've got an audience. So co-op, make it, it makes sense, I guess. I didn't care for Little Nightmares 1. I tried. I, I found it pretty boring. Um, not my type of game. Supermassive makes games I do like, the Dark Pictures games. So co-op, I think, is a good feature. So uh, I'm sure the, the fans of the series will like it. But next, Black Myth Wukong got a brand new trailer. Still no date. This game for me is shovelware until for until vaporware until we know anything more about it because it, you're just showing me stuff that I was like, yeah, you're showing me these trailers, but like no release window ever. It's been years at this point. I'm like, I don't even know if this is a real game or you're just baiting everyone. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm excited for a release date. As somebody who really enjoyed Wolong earlier this year, we've talked about it on the show. This is appealing to me because the combat kind of looks like it has that similar kind of feel where it's over the top, clearly fictionalized in a lot of different ways with high action and things like that. A little bit of clunkiness just in the way the characters move, like mm -hmm. it's almost like somebody's like going to to game dev school and putting a project together for like a final project or something. Um, but the vibe of the trailer is really cool. Like you said, though, I just I want a definitive release date. Give me give me something tangible because everything else is just it's like a wolf of wall street where it's like, it's just fairy dust floating around mm -hmm. out there. You know, it's not real until it's real. So looking forward to hearing more. Uh, Killing Four three was announced. I've never played any of these looked cool. I thought it was a doom game at first and I got more. And then I got a little less excited, but uh, excited for those fans. Age of empires four and humankind got shadow dropped their console versions onto game pass. Uh, Zack Snyder came out to talk about his new movie, Rebel Moon. Two also, movies. Yeah, two, two movies. movies. Sorry, I says two movies six months apart because that makes complete sense. He's also working with Super Evil Megacorp, who have made nothing but mobile games to make a game about it. And let me tell you, if there's one guy that doesn't understand games, it's Zack Snyder because when he was, he was like, "Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna be a rebel and like go on some some missions, co-op, two play." I'm like, "Bro, you don't even know what you're saying right yeah. now." Yeah, it's the way that he described it whenever he started talking about the game is the same way that i expect that the shrek producers talked about the games that came out back when the team when the movies were coming out where they were like yeah it's a game you're gonna play as shrek and have the gingerbread man there it's gonna be great and he's just talking about it he's just there for the netflix movie and quite honestly it does not look that good it is not my thing Neither. Uh, but uh you know we'll see how the game is not holding my breath on that one though not uh, yeah no uh it, it honestly felt like he googled game terms and then just went up there but uh next we got the trailer that i think a lot of people are excited for uh, crimson desert it's an open world 
RPG, uh, an update trailer. Still no release date. This comes from the people that made, um, was it uh, Black Desert? I think so. I, I didn't. I caught this one. This is when I was at the gym and I think I took a break to get water or something, but I went back and looked. It looks really good. Yeah, this one I, I was all over the place. It looks like they threw in, was like, let's have some Assassin's Creed stuff. Let's have some Dragon's Dogma stuff. Let's just throw in every single thing. Oh, they had some Breath of the Wild stuff in there. Like, it was crazy looking. But again, no release window, no idea. It's literally just like, hey, we've been making this game for years. And guess what? We're still making it. And look how big it is. So until you show me something more. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to hold temper all expectations. Yep. Ice-T gets a special mission in Payday 3. Can, can we... Let's let's pause on this one. Do you think Payday 3 looks good? Because I feel like I'm just out in the out in the ether with this one. I would love to know your opinion. Um, I played a lot of Payday 2. I don't care about Payday 3 at all right now. Where I'm sitting here, I'm like... It doesn't look that much different from what I played 10 years ago from Payday 2. Ice-T doesn't do anything. I was just making a joke that it was like it was a Law and R SVU crossover. But no, I'm not excited for Payday 3. Yeah, I mean, like, it's cool that it's coming to Game Pass. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like you said, it looks like Payday 2. Visually, it, it is a minor upgrade, if anything. Like, it just isn't. I don't know what the hype is around it. Maybe I'm missing something. Like, I get playing with your friends and doing heists and stuff, but it just doesn't seem like it warrants a three after payday. Just my if, two cents on that. If one. you put this game out in December, I think it does a lot better. I don't yes. see, I don't know who's stopping to play it in September when you have all these other games around. I just don't know why they're releasing it then. Yeah, they should kick it out for sure. Tom says payday is better on PC. I played payday two on t PC. I, I mean, it's constantly. fine. Like it's a yeah. fun game. I feel like payday's audience is there's some crossover with GTA there where like they're just clued in because it's payday and you're doing heist and like you're it's their game that they play. Siege is another example of a game with a community like that. So I'm sure people will play it. But to your point about the general gaming audience, like I'm not playing payday three. I'm playing Starfield, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage got a new trailer. It was in Arabic. It was. Cool. It was indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tekken 8 showed a brand new mode trailer uh, called Arcade Quest, where you make a little chippy character and then fight. I don't know what was going on, but it's coming out January 26, 2024. Cool to see the release date. That mode was weird. That is mm -hmm. not going to be used much, in my opinion. And it kind of feels like the Street Fighter thing, where they have like the mm -hmm. open world story mode thing. I think they're trying to emulate that, but... Tekken's big, not as big as Mortal Kombat or, um, you know, Street Fighter, but it's a big fighting game. So if you're a fighting game fan, you're eating well over that 12 month period. I will say Tekken 8, I think, uh, looks better and is appealing to me more than Street Fighter 6 and Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, it really? looks, yeah, I think I've liked everything I've seen from Tekken 8. I don't know if I'll get into it because I'm not very good at Tekken, but I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. The release date did get leaked before Gamescom yeah. opening that line, so I saw that uh prior to it, but looking good. Uh, January is a good time for it, gets it out of this year, gives it a low breathing room from the other fighting games. Modern Warfare 3, Sam. We got we learned that open world zombies mode is coming. They confirmed the 16 multiplayer maps are the remastered maps from the original Modern Warfare 2. And they gave us a campaign mission sneak peek that went on way too long. This game does not look good to me. <laughs> it, it just 
I I okay, let's back up. We saw the trailer earlier in the week. The trailer they showed off was almost one for one the gameplay they showed off at Gamescom. So it was like they had edited that together. But open world zombies, I mean, it sounds like what they did with Blackout and Black Ops 4. Um, where you're just wandering around the zombies are out there in the world. I like zombies when it's in like a tight corridor. I'm running routes like Black Ops 1 zombies where you get Mm. a huge crew of 200 zombies trying to chase after you. Like that's zombies for me. Open world zombies on what looks like a war zone map. Not really it. And then you're reusing the assets for Modern Warfare 2. Like I know work's been done to them and you've modernized them and added new routes and things like that. But like is this really a new game? Nah, this feels like they are just churning out stuff from all of the studios combined to fill this gap year between Modern Warfare 2 and whatever the next game is. Yeah, Alpacatom in the chat says the game was supposed to be an expansion, not much else to expect, which yeah. le- leads us, we can talk about his uh, first question that he wrote, and he says, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 releasing this year, and initially the franchise is supposed to have a break this year in terms of releases, do you believe this is because Activision wanted to get one last big payout before the games get put on Game Pass Day 1? Uh, I don't think that it has anything to do with Game Pass. I think that it has to do with Activision wanting money. Because I think that there were a whole bunch of people in the boardroom and they looked at the content they had and they said, hmm, that's 16 nostalgic maps people love. How about we put $70 on it instead of 40 And everybody was like, here, here. And then they smacked the gavel and, and now here we are. <laughs> They're all wearing their white <laughs> white yeah. uh, wigs and black yeah. robes. Bobby Kodak's up there with his white wig on, smacking the gavel. But no, they just they wanted money. They can make money. People are going to sell this thing. It's probably going to be the highest selling Call of Duty of all time. We're going to see the headlines. I'm going to make the video on it. Like it's it, it's just a cycle. It's it is what it is. They're 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 definitely nostalgia baiting people in the paying oh, yeah. for this for sure. Because yeah, Modern Warfare Two is obviously the most beloved game in the franchise. Like that's what I feel like it really blew up. And the fact that they're like, we got all the maps. You can you want a one v one on Rust again? This is the game to do it. Seventy dollars. Yeah. I'm like. All right. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, you're selling me on it, but, um, <laughs> but I, I just think about like going to a college kid or a high school kid and them talking about it in the lunchroom and they're like, Hey, all the modern warfare two maps are on this thing. And it's got modern warfare zombies. Dude, people are throwing money at that thing left and right with that one sentence. Here, here's the thing, though. You said go to the, the high school, college kids. They're going to be like, what modern warfare two that just came out last year. What are you talking about? Cause they were like seven. Yeah. <sighs> Am I old? I think I'm old. I think we're I'm, old. Uh, yeah, I'm 30. I'm I'm old for sure. I, yeah, you I, are. No, I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I played Modern Warfare two in high school. So there, <laughs> those kids were not playing it. Well, I was playing you in middle school. So there we go. <laughs> that was you. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got an update trailer for Nightingale. Early access begins February 22nd, 2024. This game has never looked good to me. No, it, this is the game with the Mary Poppins umbrella. Yes, and that's yes. all I've got. That's the only thing I look at. It looks horrible. Uh, next, my game of the show, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, got a new trailer and a release date, February 1st, 2024. Uh, so for my JRPG weeb fans out there, we're eating good. February has, starts off with Grand Blue and Persona 3 Reload. I did already pre-order this because if you pre-order, you get like four-day early access or something. Give me a little more time to play this before Persona comes out. So uh, Sam, I assume this did nothing for you. 
did I didn't even know this <laughs> game existed. I think that I I think so there again, looking back after the uh, after the fact, you can thumb your way through the video in five second intervals if you, as you're tapping. So this was this was when I tapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you saw the the lots of yelling, explosions, color, yeah. Japanese. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Immortals of Avium, uh, Avium wants to remind you it came out. <laughs> it sure did. That was the trailer. Uh, Zenless. I'm going to call this the Hoyoverse block. Zenless Zone Zero got a new trailer. Honkai Star Rail got a new character trailer, and the technical test is coming to PS5. And then Genshin Impact got a new trailer. All games I don't play. I know my brother is super excited about all three of those. He this is basically the only thing he cared about from this show. Um, he was very excited, but none of these do anything for me. That was another thumb section. So we uh, <laughs> we kept on rolling. Uh, Lords of the Fallen new story trailer coming out in October. Great, cool. Yeah, not for I'll, me. I'll probably pre-order Lords of the Fallen. I'm feeling it. Um, I traded in a couple of controllers at GameStop last week and got some store credit. So I'll probably get the physical version just because the box art looks sick. But um, I mean, the story trailer is fine. I just don't I want more gameplay and we've gotten 20 minutes of gameplay. So like I'm good on it. But yeah, Lords of the Fallen eh, sleeper hit of the fall. I'm looking forward to it. My brother's in the chat and he says, going to fund Hoyoverse until I get a board seat. (laughs) 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 Dream big, dream big. Uh, Sonic Super Sonic Superstars, not Superstars. Sonic Superstars got a new multiplayer trailer and a release date. It's coming out October seventeenth because, of course, it is. How far away is that from Mario Wonder? It's three days before Mario Wonder. Why would you do that? Why didn't they? Didn't Sonic Frontiers launch in December of last year? Wasn't that like a late year game? uh no i think it was no late november last yeah. year why, yeah why why not just why get in the way of isn't this right before spider-man 2 yep same day as mario and yeah. spider-man horrendous horrendous decision but i don't i mean the sonic fans are going to go after it at this point i think they're just going for the core audience right i'm i'm the core audience i love sonic um i love the look of this game i already have mario pre-ordered and paid off and now i'm like i have to buy this too and when am i gonna play it alan wake was supposed to come out this day and then that got delayed 10 days like what what is happening in october why is december being ignored i i don't know but yeah sonic i mean sonic superstars looks cool i think that the sonic frontiers final horizon free update that we're going to talk about that's Mm. the bigger thing for me as somebody who's like dabbled in frontiers Mm -hmm. this could bring me back to pick that up again so that was that was pretty cool Yes, the final Horizon free update comes with new story, new playable characters, and comes out September 28th. Again, terrible timing. Why are you putting this out in September? You could have held this. I could have jumped back in and been like, what's going on? I do think you say new playable characters. If Shadow the Hedgehog is not one of those, I'm going to be mad. Why is Sega? I tweeted, Sega needs to stop treating my boy like a second-class citizen, all right? He he is important to the franchise. I'm thinking back. I don't know if you're going to be disappointed in me or proud of me, but I think the only Sonic game that I finished is Sonic or, uh, is uh, Shadow the Hedgehog on PS2. Yes, underrated. <laughs> I think that's my only Sonic game that I finished. And also, my mom dropped me off at a Best Buy when I was like eight, and I played it on the demo kiosk for like, I'm not kidding you, two hours. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's that's uh, 80% of my experience with Sonic in my life. 
Listen, I am the biggest Shadow. I love Shadow the Hedgehog all since he was introduced in in Sonic Adventure Two. But Shadow the Hedgehog, the game, is awesome. Not only because you get Shadow with guns and he's like shooting people, but like it has branching storylines. Like you can be, you can basically, you can be like, oh, I'm chaotic evil. I'm neutral evil. I'm chaotic good. I'm neutral. I'm lawful good. Like there, they made that meme format in a game way back in the early two thousands. Okay. That game is great. I don't care what anyone says. Give me Shadow the Hedgehog. And to answer uh, Ghostly March in the chat, can I place Amy? I believe Amy's already a playable character, um, or at least will be. I saw in the little wheel that I'm pretty sure you can play as Tails, Amy, and Knuckles. So, yes. But why would you want to? You can place Amy in Sonic Superstars. Same, same cast, actually. It's the same. You can play as those four as well. Anyway. Shadow died with the emo genre. Emo's still alive, man. Yeah, man. Come on. It's not a phase. I listen to it all the time. It's not a phase. Uh, <laughs> it's not a phase, Sega. <laughs> uh, the first Descendant, a new looter shooter. Beta starts September 19th through the 25th. Yeah, I've heard good things about the first Descendant. I know that in the looter shooter community, this is one that's been getting some, some traction. So cool to see them getting a beta. But again, uh, you know. Other things going on right now, so I think I'm all right. Under the Waves got a new trailer. Apparently, it's coming out August 29th. Ah, yes. Creepy Subnautica. Indeed. Yeah, that, that is coming out. I didn't know this was coming out. This I thought this was like next year. Yeah, I uh, I don't have any... I'm never playing this. Me but either. Yeah, congrats to the people that are looking forward to that in five days. Uh, Fort Solace, we had Troy Baker, Roger Clark, and Julia Brown being awkward on stage. Uh, game is out now on PS5 and PC, getting middling reviews, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, I didn't see the reviews on it, but I know the the trailer they showed off visually looks very impressive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how much rendering is going on behind the scenes to make that happen on how high end of a PC, but if and when it comes to Xbox, uh, I'll probably pick that up when it's on sale for sure. I mean, you know. Troy Baker, Roger Clark, and, and Julia Brown's a pretty solid cast. Very awkward on stage, like you said, but mm -hmm. um, but solid cast. So yeah, looks good. Sitting at a 63 currently on mm. Open Critics. So sounds like Not... a $15 Xbox sale pickup <laughs> in 2026. Mm. Focus and Saber broke my heart because I saw Focus, I got excited, then I saw Saber and got unexcited. They revealed Expeditions, a Mud Runner game coming 2024. You ever played a Mud Runner game? No. <laughs> and so, this, ain't, this ain't gonna be the one I start with either. So close your eyes and imagine that you get stuck in a mud hole. Okay. And then somebody said, Man, this is fun. We should make a game about this. Mm. So that's mm. Mud Runner, pretty much. Ooh, and okay. Yeah, the same thing with Snow Runner. You're, you're driving in Colorado, get stuck in a snow drift, and you're like, Man, this is the time of my life. In, That's what in, these games are. In high school one time, I was pulling out of my ex-girlfriend's driveway and it was muddy and my entire my front wheels went into the mud and then I had to get someone to pull me out. So kind of already did it in real life. Yeah, I mean, that's an achievement right there if I've ever heard one. But mm. um, but yeah, so that this is going to be more of that. So if you're really into that sim kind of thing, then this is going to be for you. But I guess it's cool to see him keep it going. And I think it's a cool idea rather than doing... They ran out of elements. Like you've got snow and mud. What else are you going to get stuck in? So let's just do it in exotic locations, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Crew Motorfest got a brand new trailer. Hyped for this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. knew you would be. I saw this. I was like, Sam. Sam's going to like this. Yeah, it looks good. 
uh cdpr revealed more of cyberpunk 2020 2077 phantom liberty which i doesn't do anything for me i know there are people that are super excited about this game but i just can't get into cyberpunk yeah, the other half of it's more exciting for me is somebody who like looks at Cyberpunk, knows that I want to go back to it. The update 2.0 is coming out, so it takes a lot of the features that are coming in Phantom Liberty. Like I, I would assume the skill trees are getting revamped. There's mm -hmm. uh, better car combat that's coming into the game, stuff like that. So it sounds like there's going to be an update for the um, current generation console version of, of Cyberpunk that brings some of those quality of life improvements in. So that might bring me back in like, january if things are slower then but um yeah phantom liberty i mean looks great gonna be great for those fans just not uh not me not right now uh stormgate an rts game got revealed cool uh last ep the word is epic but they said epoch yeah 11th hour that's an arpg that apparently is already out and getting a new character uh, marvel snap is on steam as we we already previously discussed Armored Core, which comes out tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this, got a new trailer. We got a trailer for Warhaven as a free-to-play game coming September 21st, a melee multiplayer PvP game. Mortal Kombat 1, new trailer, Raiden Liu Kang. I thought this was really interesting. They've switched roles in this new timeline where Raiden is the Earth Realm champion, much like Liu Kang has always been previously, and Liu Kang is obviously taking the Raiden God role. Um, really awesome trailer. I know you loved it so much, Sam. You were like, let me throw this up and get demonetized. Uh, yes. Well, every time I put out a video on Mortal Kombat, it's always a matter of how much gore can I include and not get age restricted on YouTube because I don't care if it's monetized or not. It'll always get demonetized because it's always somebody getting their eyes ripped out or something. But the age restriction is the one I care about because I want children watching this specifically. <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I kid, but uh, but yeah, man, this trailer, much like all the other ones, looks awesome. Mortal Kombat 1 looks gory, gruesome, beautiful. Uh, yeah, th this just is the cherry on top as we're inching towards that release. That's going to be sick. All right, everyone clip out Sam saying, I want children <laughs> watching this, all right? That's his goal. We heard it from his mouth. Uh, all right, Aria History Untold, which is a game that Xbox is working with. I think they're publishing it. It's a turn-based grand strategy game coming to PC Game Pass. Um, I think that's next year, but I know it's playable at Gamescon. Uh, Diablo 4 Season 2 trailer coming this fall, uh, Season of blood and we actually have a question about diablo from alpaca tom who says what do you think diablo 4 needs to stay active and succeed as a live service title the biggest competitor to diablo 4 path of exile makes a few big game makes a few big game truly game changing mechanics every season where so far the changes are nothing diablo 3 is an example also did very little in all of its 29 seasons so I'm not the best to speak to this, but I will say as a casual fan, I feel like Diablo 4 is more approachable because of its popularity. Like, I think that I know what Diablo is. I played through the campaign. I feel like I can jump back in at any time. I'd be curious to hear, you know, how big of a change do you want? Because like with the upcoming season, uh, you have new abilities that I think you can effectively be a, a zombie hybrid in, in a way. And so that that includes new abilities and stuff. Is it just a reskinned, you know, something else that makes it look different? I don't know what all that entails, but um, I think that Diablo 4 to stay relevant just needs to keep putting out good content with good story stuff to keep people coming back to it. 
um, because Diablo is going to have that fan base no matter what. And also fair monetization, the passes and all that. Don't don't, uh, you know, give the fans the shaft. But what do you think? How, how are you feeling about Diablo? Mm, not great. Um, ever since season one came out, I feel like the end game for Diablo 4 is pretty bad if i'm being honest um where there's very little to do except run nightmare dungeons and try to grind for loot which i know is essential in arpgs but like we we need something more to do something fun that actually feels rewarding they need and ghostly march sums it up pretty good here they need to stop nerfing everything into the ground make interesting loot drops and gear to chase stop tying balance patches into seasons or new gear so one of the big issues for me so far with diablo has been they keep nerfing all the fun builds and then they don't buff the other builds to make them viable like i don't want to be a whirlwind barbarian but that's the only viable barbarian build and then when they actually then when you do it they're like oh we noticed this one's a little too strong we're gonna bring it down but we're not gonna make any of the other ones good so like barbarians suck they nerfed um, sorcerers into the ground. They nerfed necromancers where you the best build for necromancers is to not use the minions. I'm like, well, you might as well just be a wizard at that point. Right. Like, it was the point. So they really need to, to fix some stuff over there for, for me to get back into Diablo. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm just not that core guy that's coming back to it. I haven't played Diablo 4 since um, probably a month after it launched just because I finished the campaign and I don't I don't feel the need to go back and grind for that stuff. And I might pop back in to see what's going on with season one ahead of season two. But um, yeah, I think all those concerns are super valid, especially the ones from the chat. So I, I definitely hear you guys on that. All right. We got a world premiere for Dustborn coming early 2024 the document should say not 2023 that how it happened 2024 this uh interesting art style it looked like you can control people with words Pop politics man that's what that is politics simulator I, I don't remember this trailer i'm not gonna lie so yeah <laughs> keep, keep it rolling don't, don't worry about me. uh ended the show with an alan wake 2 new trailer Game still looks awesome. I'm still yeah. still super excited for it. I think I'm gonna buy it on PC because it's fifty dollars versus sixty or whatever, and then I can play it on uh, my ROG Ally. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. I think that um, this is the best trailer for Alan Wake Two so far. Not that it showed gameplay per se it did but it didn't it was a lot of cinematics which are going to be mixed in with the gameplay but the pricing you know it sucks that it's not getting a physical release but also fifty on PC sixty on console. Probably a day one for me on Xbox. I'll be honest. It looks really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not usually survival horror, but I love Alan Wake and yeah. Remedy. I trust them to make great games. So that was Gamescom opening night live, but not the only Gamescom news because Phil Spencer did an interview with Dustin Legary over at IGN. They sat down to talk about a variety of topics, including Starfield, Final Fantasy, and the Series S. Here are the biggest headlines from the interview, so we'll go through these. First one, Phil Spencer says that much like we did this year, we're going to hear from Xbox more with things like developer directs because their portfolio of games is deep enough to support more frequent communication. He reiterates that the plan is still to deliver at least four first party games per year. Great. I I think he seems very confident. If you listen to him, he I think 2024 he feels very good about. And the things they're showing to Gamescom are getting great reviews from the people going hands-on. I know Towerborn is one that's coming next year that's, that's supposedly really good from everyone that played it. So feeling confident. Yeah. No, I think this is good. I think that 
we're going to get into a cadence much like playstation's conferences that they hold their updates that they hold where um not everyone's gonna hit not everyone is going to be good but the fact of the matter is up until this point xbox hasn't or the xbox community i should say hasn't had something to react to like we've just had nothing until e3 slash summer game fest and potentially like an announcement of the game awards with the xbox series x and s so with this regular communication hopefully we can just have conversations we can have more cannon fodder for the podcast that we do and um yeah more talking it's always good about the games that are coming out well, speaking of games coming to Xbox, he was asked when Final Fantasy VII Remake and 16 are coming. Phil stated him and Sarah recognize the need to mend the relationship with Square Enix and says having the CEO of Square commit to Xbox was a very meaningful step. He also states, quote, so you'll hear more. I'm not going to push them. They're going to have to find their own rhythm. But having him make a commitment to Xbox was really important both to me and I've heard it from the community to the community as well. So we've talked we talked about this when the news came out, Final Fantasy 14, that this was a, a statement from Square Enix that you should expect more games coming to the platform. Phil obviously can't sit here and be like, next year Final Fantasy 7 remake. The, he can't give those timelines. And I think that's what he means by Leo. We're not gonna push them. Like they're gonna work on it and get us the games with and going forward. Like we're gonna work with them and, and get that cadence going. Yeah, I, I think that this statement, when you read it out loud, it sounded like somebody who got engaged, but they weren't going to get married like until 10 years later where they were like, we really just wanted to put it in stone, but we'll just he's not ready yet. And I'm just going to let him find his truth. And like, that's that's what Phil Spencer is doing here where they like they get Square Enix in here and they're like, all right, yeah, we're going to start doing more stuff. And Phil's like, OK, well, you let me know when you're ready. Um, but yeah, like I'm excited to see Final Fantasy 16 come to Xbox. Final Fantasy 7 Remake, that's a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's ever going to come to get Xbox at this point, but um, I would love to see that for the Final Fantasy fans. I'm not really a hardcore Final Fantasy guy, but uh, Square Enix in general, you know, we've talked about it before. Just figure out that Octopath situation. Let's let's iron that out and mm -hmm. then go from there. Phil should just been like, what's a Final Fantasy 7? <laughs> What what, oh, yeah. what's a final fantasy you mean <laughs> yeah, what, you mean redfall yeah red, you mean redfall. redfall 60 fps patch available still yeah. not that's a fantasy yeah all right uh when asked about the abk games coming to game pass phil says quote i want to make sure people know that there's work to actually move games to game pass so for people who think the deal's going to close then everything is available that's not true and it hasn't been true in other acquisitions we've done um, so I, I thought that was interesting. Just giving you a little, everyone that's posting those, I'm sure you've seen it. The cropped images of like available on game pass, you know how they do those drops. And it's like 35 Activision yeah. titles with like <laughs> Spider-Man web of shadows. And it's like, it's not how this works. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think this is, this is good to set expectations and realize that once this deal closes two hours later, you're not going to have the xbox account on twitter posting like every call of duty game ever created now available on gamepad like you're not gonna have that and that's okay because it takes time like you said and um you know let them do what they need to do let these people work and it'll happen when it happens i think that it's cool that there's stuff on the way like we know game pass is going to be a big part of their future and so it's just a matter of time mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> give me big one big red one on game pass cowards <laughs> 
Nice. Uh, Phil Spencer reiterates they have no plans for a mid-gen refresh for Xbox right now. Quote, we're doing right now the increased storage for, on Series S, but no, like I said, we're kind of at the end of the beginning in my mind, so I think we need to let devs settle on this hardware and get the most out of it. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for reasonable understanding. Nobody wants a mid-gen refresh. Nobody wants a PS5 Pro, all right, Sony? I'm looking at you. It's 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 greedy. You're just trying to scam people for more money, all right? You're going to get minimal upgrades. It's not worth it, especially this gen. Last gen, understandable, all right? 4K became a thing last gen. We were at 900p. Like, you don't need it for this gen. Just wait for the PS6, wait for the Xbox, whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, I think you know that really well where the technological advancements for this generation aren't on par with what we saw with last generation. And so, you know, like I know I talk about a Plague Tale Requiem a lot, but it was a game that launched and had 4K 30 and it was locked at 30 on consoles. And then six months later, we got the 60 FPS patch. So they updated that once they were able to better optimize for the hardware. And so that was a time thing. They were still working on it and they still wanted to get the game out. Now we're getting to the point where that time has been spent. We're getting to the point where they've caught up from COVID. People are back in the office or working and figuring out how to do things. Um, and so I think that this console generation still has a lot to give. And, you know, I don't know how it translates over fully into the console space, but like the RDNA tech that's coming from AMD is like DL DLSS where it can perform mm -hmm. better. So once we see that kind of tech getting baked into console games, you can really push these things further than they might currently be able to go. So there's still a lot of juice left in this egg. Uh, a pack of Tom says Phil would not say they're making a mid-gen refresh in his defense. It can happen. Wouldn't want to lose sales and make people hold off with current hardware. I will say, Tom, most, I do not believe the Xbox One X sold very well. I know PlayStation at one point said one in five PS5, uh, PS4s were PS4 Pros. So even over there, it was a 20% ratio. And that was a kind of at launch of the PS4 Pro. So I don't know what the overall PS4 sales looked like. If you broke it down, is it one in five out of the 120 million or whatever? I imagine since Xbox One, I think we 60 million. I cannot imagine the majority of those are Xbox One X. Like, they just didn't sell as well as people think they did. No, I had one, but yeah, I didn't. VCR for life. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a jet engine. I'd start a game and my room would take off. Yeah, you start a game, start counting the pixels. The engine cranks up. It's just, yeah, it was a rough one. Yeah. Um, all right, next, Phil, when asked about Baldur's Gate split screen issue and parody clause and Forza launching without split screen, Phil defended the series as saying the decision is a creative decision has nothing to do with hardware, says they've sent devs to assist Larian. Logan asked, what did you think of Phil's response to console parody? As we know, Larian has since come out saying they met with Phil yesterday and they are now launching on Series X and S before the end of 2023. Series X will have split screen. Series S will not have split screen. So they are breaking the parity clause. Yeah, I. Yes, <laughs> that, that's all I've got to say. Thank you, because if you I think that. So it's a difficult one because you've got to leverage breaking that clause, breaking that rule that they've got at Xbox in the right way. 
Like you can't say, hey, we're launching our game. The S version has multiplayer. The S version has campaign. The X version has campaign and multiplayer. The S version is not getting multiplayer. Like you can't do that. But you can say, hey, not enough juice in the tank for split screen in this one on the S. That's okay because they know how many people are using split screen on something like Baldur's Gate 3. So it might not matter on the S for 98% of the audience, whatever that metric looks like. So Mm -hmm. I think that it'll definitely be handled on a case by case basis because they do want to review these things independently. I'm curious if the success of Baldur's Gate 3 has led to this decision because one of the biggest RPGs of the year, potentially the biggest RPG of the year is nowhere to be found on Xbox by partially their own doing because of this parody thing. I think that if the game hadn't been as good as it is, we might not be having this conversation right now. I have seen a lot of people attacking the series S for this. Um, And Phil in the interview said like, he said it for Forza. It's a creative decision. We have the metrics on how many people actually use split screen. And I think this is kind of what happened with Halo Infinite too, where they were like, this feature isn't really used all that much in 2020. And the year of our Lord 2023, nobody plays split screen, all right? Even kids aren't going to each other's houses and playing games together. They're sitting in their room, sitting in their other room, playing online together. Like that is what is happening now. So is there issues with the Series S? I personally don't think so. I think some developers know how to get the most out of the hardware. Larian might not know how to do it, and I think that's why they sent developers over there. That being said, I think if you're going to break the parity clause, like this is a feature that's like, it's fine. You, who yeah. cares? Like This is not the end-all, be-all. Split screen is not that big of a deal. However, you have now opened the door, Phil. And if other developers come and say, you did it for Larian, you got to do it for us. You can't really tell them no, in my mind, like you're going to have to have some sort of wiggle room now. Like the clause is, is basically useless. Yeah. I think that it, uh, I think that it's okay if they open it up, but they've got to review it on a case by case basis and respond appropriately. Like with Larian, I don't think it matters, but they're also, their game is different because everything exists in perpetuity. Like the worlds are continual. So it's to some degree processing everything that's happening in real time across the world you're playing in. And so when you're dealing with that amount of processing power, that amount of detail, everything happening in the world at one time, the split screen processing, I think the series S might be holding it back or making it more difficult to mm-hmm. make it run. Not that it's impossible, but something has to be sacrificed. And if you can't cut out NPCs like you might in another game, then something's got to go. And if it's the ability to do split screen, then so be it. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond to devs going forward. If they do need to pull something from the S version, if there is going to be a no, what does that look like in the long term? I will say, I think you're dead on. If this game didn't have a 96 on Metacritic, I don't think they break the parody clause. I don't think they make it such an, in, in, we got to get this game on Xbox before the end of the year. Like I think Phil's like, yeah, we'll, we'll send you some help. And then like 2024, they'll be like, oh, we, we got it working. And it's like, maybe not the best. But if this game wasn't so highly acclaimed, well received, this would not be happening in my mind. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so either. So uh, kudos to Baldur's Gate for uh, making Phil break the clause. Final question. Destin asks Phil uh, how he feels about other executives not buying into Game Pass, specifically Bobby Kotick testifying that he would not put ABK games into it. Phil responds, quote, well, there's a different person making the decisions. That's one thing. 
on Game Pass. It's not necessarily true that every game looks at Game Pass and says, that's the opportunity for me. If you're a massively successful AAA franchise that has double-digit million marketing budget to go drive awareness and discovery of your game day one, and that's part of your model, I totally understand why you wouldn't window your game day one into a subscription. I got no issue with that. He then reiterates that they do first-party games to grow their subscription base and says that indie developers love the service as it helps them and funds their projects says the end goal is not a subscription only model sam this is almost word for word what i have been saying for years now about game pass that the future of this service is xbox first party games and double a and indie games it is not big third party day one releases and the sooner people understand that the sooner we can move on because this this is exact and phil clearly agrees with me because if you're a company like capcom and you're like hey we got resident evil where they at nine now we got resident evil nine should we put it in game pass or should we take the 10 million sales it's gonna make and they're like i think i'm gonna do the 10 million sales but then they have exo prime on there like this game will probably sell like twenty thousand. should we put this in game pass yeah probably get some money out of this like those are the types of conversations that are happening and that makes complete sense to me yeah no i think it makes total sense and i think to add to that too like we've had resident evil games come to game pass but it's in that second life kind of situation where once resident evil 7 has done its time you know it's almost like a movie once it's been in the theater then it comes to your at-home dvd and blu-ray and your streaming services and so once a game gets out and it's been floating around for a year then they might toss something like sonic frontiers for example into the game pass service and any kind of big release can come there anytime but it's cool that they're giving devs a new tool to offer games if they think that it fits their model and if they crunch the numbers and it makes sense. Um, you know, like I'm thinking about 33 Immortals, I think is the game that mm -hmm. uh, is a really good example of it. It's going to thrive off of a community. And so it gives people that community on day one. Whereas if you were to charge 25 bucks a pop for access to 33 Immortals, you might not have 33 Immortals on day one. You know, like you've got to have people in the, in the hopper to, to dive in there and play it. So I think that, uh, it's just it, the best part of that whole interview for me was whenever he looked at Destin and he was like, look at me, I am the captain now. Like Bobby Kotick's not running anything. Once that really? money's gone, once his wallet's empty, you don't worry about it. I'm the one who puts games in Game Pass. I am the one who knocks. Like I that is- Literally that was, cracked up when he's like, well, I, Bobby ain't making those decisions. It was <laughs> like, funny because right. he, he paused and he was trying to figure out a way to say it nicely. And then he <laughs> just kind of like just went in. He was like, oh, He's not the one making the choices right now. So, um, yeah, it felt really good. It was he might, uh, as, he might as well have been like, well, what's this deal closed? Bobby's gone. <laughs> honestly, yeah, yeah. It was it was just funny because it, it had the energy of somebody who just went in and bought the entire store that they're in and then employees coming up and it's like, you can't do that. And he's like, I own you. <laughs> that was the same energy that I got. So it was it was very nice. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, well, I think I completely agree with Phil. This is exactly how I view Game Pass. If people still expect every big third part, like, oh, is Elden Ring going to come to Game Pass? You were all, everyone was delusional when they, people think Elden Ring was coming to Game Pass, all right? I mean, it was never going to happen. I'll also say there was another interview, and I forget who it was with. I was reading about it today, but um, they were talking about how the dominoes are being set up for Xbox to really hit a good cadence of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they were talking about, 
the like we said four first party games a year that are coming out on like a quarterly cadence but on top of that you've got big game pass support from third parties and indies and you've got those third parties that are coming in just releasing games on game pass and we see an immortals of avium uh dynamic background dynamic wallpaper that's out now on xbox and so the marketing deals aren't just stopping with you either sign up for game pass and get some time in the spotlight or you just put your game out traditionally it's more of an integrated ecosystem they're building that's really really well done so i think that xbox is looking really really good right now across the board yeah like phil says like it's not subscription only we still sell all the games like if you don't want to be here just go buy the games immortals of abium is another one even though we'll come to game pass at some point through ea play but very very reasonable discussion good interview there's some more stuff i didn't include so if you want all that go check out uh, destin Legary's interview over at ign but last quick piece of news sam xbox has wraps now all right not the kind to eat so xbox has announced xbox series x console wraps these wraps fit around your console to offer unique designs the first three available right now for pre-order include two camo wraps which are ugly as hell and a starfield wrap which is going for 50 dollars. yep yeah i mean that that's the story right there i'm excited for the future of this i'm excited for solid colors i'm excited for man i would love a 20th anniversary wrap to go with the controller i think that would be amazing uh obviously we're a couple of years out from that now but um yeah it, this is a perfect way to compete with playstation 5's side panels that you can buy and you can customize your xbox to look how you want or you don't have to and it's less than the price of a new game, which is really, really cool to see. So, um, you know, it's not quite as intricate as a custom console, but doesn't need to be. It just sits there and looks pretty. So I, I really like it. Yeah, the Starfield one looks great. Um, I don't know if I'm in on $50. Might wait for like a sale or something, but uh looks really good. Camo's ugly, but I'm excited for the future of like, do we get a Fable one? Do we get a Hellblade one? Like, do we get all these special, no more special edition having to ship out $550 for new consoles? It's just $50. You can make your console look like it, it's 360 faceplates all over again. Yeah, no, it, it is. And I think that's it's great. It's affordable. It's really cool to be able to customize your stuff. And again, if you just want that sleek design, you do it. Put out a solid white one. Yes, I'd buy that. Please, please. Like that's for 45 because the other ones are going for 45. Mm -hmm. I think So they're, they're $5 cheaper than the Starfield one because I guess we Todd needs money. Um, but like put out a white one, put out a, a tan one, like things that are like uh, fitting into the living room aesthetic that are really nice and not in your face nasa like the starfield one i'd be down for that that sounds great they're doing starfield everything there's like a starfield recliner chair i saw someone made yeah. elgato's making Elgato's a has got the mic starfield and i was I'm, I'm sitting here i'm like is there like a trade-in program can i get the starfield i give you back this one yeah, yeah it's it's great but uh if you're interested in that you can pre-order now they'll come out in october and Let's wrap the show with one final listener question. Probably could have fit this one in, but uh, it's Kyle writes in says, what do you think of the narrative online that quote Xbox is training its customers to not buy games? I don't think that Xbox is training its customers to not buy games. I think that the industry as a whole and multiple industries as a whole are highlighting the subscription model more PlayStation side. Nintendo's doing it to some degree with Switch Online and that kind of thing. Um, Game Pass is obviously one of the big ones, but subscriptions are just becoming a new norm with media streaming and things like that. But I think the numbers show that people are still buying games and 
it's not any worse in my mind than the Black Friday clause. At least that's what I, you know, would call it back in the day where if a game like Immortals of Avian comes out, I can buy it on Black Friday. Or like you said, it's coming to Game Pass at some point with EA Play. So um, I, I don't see it as a big issue. I don't think it's an Xbox sourced issue, but I think that the times are just changing and, and people are still buying games, but they might be more reluctant to go in on day one if they do know something's going to be coming eventually. Yeah, it's it's hard to I I think there is a, a stigma that, oh, everyone expects things to come to Game Pass. And if they don't, I'm not going to buy it until it does. I, I do see that notion a lot online. I think that is a fair thing that that people do say. I don't know if Xbox has trained that intentionally or it's um, kind of a new generation mindset where things are $70 now, right? The game prices have gone up. Inflation is through the roof. And then you have things like the free-to-play model i i am gonna say it like the new generation doesn't like to buy games because the most popular games in the world are fortnite roblox mine like these free-to-play games that they grew up in that is what they expect every game to be and when it's not they're like well i'm not i'm not gonna buy a game that's ridiculous yeah so that's why they subscribe to subscription services yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. And I mean, like there was the reaction to that when Stray was announced and they were like, oh, Stray's finally coming to Xbox, but it's not Game Pass, you know, like there, there, there is a reaction there to it. And so, um, yeah, it's just a really interesting thing. I was also going to say, uh, I wonder how much of it is the hardcore online community. Like we see it on Twitter with the gaming community that we're in and on mm-hmm. online and Reddit and things like that. But what is, I always try to like think about the general gaming audience, like, out of the millions of people that are playing Xbox every week, how many of them are actually focused on that kind of mindset of like, I don't want to buy this right now because it might come to Game Pass versus, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm going to buy it because I, I don't have Game Pass. I don't care about Game Pass. I just want the game. Um, yeah, I, I just wonder if sometimes we get stuck in our own little worlds with with the online content stuff sometimes. It's it's certainly possible. I think a lot of the the discourse we see and like the narratives, like if you apply it to the big, like if I walked out to the game, if I go to GameStop and talk to a general consumer, I'm, I'm like, so what do you think about Xbox training customers not to buy games? They'll probably look at me like I have six heads and have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like they're like, because that's not a concern most people have. It's not a, it's it's just not how people view games like they're like oh i'm gonna subscribe to a subscription service to save money they you know i don't i don't know i it's not a concern for me like i don't xbox continues to make more and more money like they just had one of their most successful quarters right this year so their sir their subscriptions doing well their games are they're still selling games like they're still making revenue so for me this isn't really a concern uh despite what people try to to say online yeah i'd agree all right, Sam, that will do it for this show. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Where can people find you and your wonderful content, my friend? Oh, yeah, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Threads, because we now have a web app. Take that X. <sighs> Isn't that right? Now, but you can find me uh, everywhere at Jam Pack Sam. I'm making stuff throughout the week, talking about games, having a good time, and uh, going to keep doing it because no one's told me to stop yet. So we're going <laughs> to keep content rolling. <laughs> that's that's the cutoff. As soon as, as soon as someone tells him in the comment section, you should stop, he's he's done. Yep, I'll just delete it, honestly. We'll just yeah. control, I'll delete the whole thing. 
Wow. Okay. Uh, you can find me over at the Muffin Mon on X or Twitter. We're just called Twitter. Uh, it's a one and seven I O and seven A. Follow us at Save Game Media over there. Make sure you get those Starfield entries. And I want to give you a free game. We're also doing it for Spider Man. If you want to rate No Limits and send us that one, uh, but that will be drawn next end of next no end of October. That's forever away. You got plenty of time for that one. All right. So until next week, we'll see you. Goodbye.